This short code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at MedEdMedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcode.com. Welcome back to the Short Code Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. Co-hosts, look around you. What do you see? Face shields. Social distancing. I don't know. It's pretty blurry behind this mask. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I see a bunch of fabulous medical students here to make the show sparkle with wit, brim with energy, and then filled to the rim with wisdom. No pressure. Say hello. MD, PhD student, Aline Sanduk. Hey, guys. Oh, my God, Aline. (laughs) Did we not talk about this? Um, I look. Blah, 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 blah. We have to. I have to act according to the mood I'm in. Okay. Do you want me to say hi more enthusiastically? Yes. Hello. There you go. All right. <laughs> the mood congruence right there is. <laughs> well, hi there, M4 Marissa Evers. Hello, Dave. How are oh, you? Oh my. <laughs> Perfect. See. Howdy, M2 Nathan Spitz. Howdy, Dave. All right. I give up. And Hawaii MD PhD student Sahana Arumagam. Hi. Yeah, you all look very nice today. I have to say. Oh, we hey. dressed up for you. Yeah. Are you fishing for compliments? Do you want us to say, Dave, you also look so fabulous <laughs> hey, today. Yes, please. <laughs> Your classic black polo is looking particularly <laughs> fetching today. That trimmed mustache is <laughs> chef's kiss. <laughs> Should I? Give it the if you please, if you please. Thank you so much. Uh, how are you? What are you guys up to? You guys doing? What's going on in your lives? Ooh, we just, San and I, I guess like M1s, M2s just completed week one. Well, I guess it's not like technically over, but week one yeah. of the school year, which is terrifying, I think is probably like the predominant emotion right now. But Yeah, the M2 school year begins. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Big, that's a big yeah. yikes. <laughs> um, what are you looking, is there anything? Well, you've only got... Um, what a few months and then all of a sudden you're uh, you're in, in rotation yeah which i think is it's like exciting and also i think like when i say terrifying like having that lapse in like clinical exam things like i haven't really thought of that stuff since like february and the yeah. thought of like yeah. having to go into the hospital every single day and like do exams on patients and things like that like i am in no way prepared to do that um, i have ideas about this wait till the end of the show okay. i have the thing that is going to help you guys kick some ass. Is it the podcast? Mm-hmm. Is it tuning into the podcast? I'm so excited <laughs> to hear this advice. It is going to change your life. I need if it. If you're not already doing it, it's going to change your life. Changing medicine like, or saving or changing medicine, changing lives. Right yes, there. Exactly. I tell you what, we're going to talk about it right now, but we're going to tune it off so that the listeners can't benefit from this golden knowledge. That's true. It's no all about you know, it's competition. That. It's all about competition in medical education. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you share the podcast, Dave will send you a link to like the secret recording. So, <laughs> let's see it. Pipe it up. No, 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 no. That's not how I. That's not how we do things. That's not how we do things. 
Yeah, your advice is specific to the university. I give away all of my good ideas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there aren't many, so I also give away <laughs> some bad ideas as well. How's everybody? It's up else? to you to decide. <laughs> and how's everybody else doing? Oh, you know, just the culmination of four years of medical school. All of that anxiety is it's now all, hitting. So yeah, it's, yeah. we're doing great. I'm going to be able to help you too. I need it. I'm going to be able to help you too. I, can I, I is there is there something I can help you with, Elaine? Nope, I'm just working in the lab. If you can all pray to the science gods with me, that would be. Awesome. Do you have some sort of presentation or uh, you know something coming up? Oh, I guess I do. Yeah. yeah. All right. I do. Helping you. <laughs> do you have? <laughs> I'm helping everybody in this room and everybody listening today. Are there any incantations? Yeah, or sacrifices. Like, yeah. I'll email email you. you. I'll email <laughs> you. All right. It's, yes. It's a big word. <laughs> <laughs> Sahana, are you looking forward to clerkships? Uh, yeah, I mean, they feel kind of far off right now. I'm just trying to take it one day at a time. It's going to come up real quick. Yeah. Yeah. They're... I don't start clerkships until March. Yeah. 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 When do you get your schedules? Um, September, some, sometime in September, middle oh, of September, okay. I think. So it's it's coming in hot. But right. Yeah. Like Sahana said, they are dumping the microbio stuff on us right now. So that's like a big enough mountain to stare in the face. Yeah. One yeah. thing it's at a time. It's a lot of stuff. One thing it's a lot of staff. Yeah. Oh. 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 Yes. Uh, yes. Applause. Nice. That was a good one. Uh, well, we should just end the show right there. I, uh, don't perfect. say why not. <laughs> Set that aside for a clip show. Um, we have a listener question uh, from Shavam, who is weighing the pros and cons of a DO versus MD decision. Um, and he says, I'm a big fan of the podcast and I wanted to ask a question. I just wanted to know whether becoming a DO hinders chances in competitive specialties such as orthopedics or neurosurgery. What do you guys think? I think it depends on the program because there are the residency program, the, the specific residency yes. program you're trying to yes. match in. Um, I mean, I don't, I can't at talk. a specific institution. Correct. Right. Mm -hmm. I can't speak to ortho or neurosurge, but with emergency medicine, I've seen it where DOs have better chances at different schools, and it's so it's more so researching programs to know are they DO friendly or not. And more and more programs are becoming DO friendly because there's not that much difference between MDs and DOs as we progress. Yeah, in terms of skills and, mm -hmm. and Especially confidence. Everyone's taking the USMLE now too. Right, like a lot of DO. I think DOs take they, they take Comlex and USMLE, but they don't have to take USMLE. If yeah. they don't want to, but some schools won't accept or programs won't accept them if they don't take USMLE. Oh. Mm -hmm. So it's additional work if you go into DO because it's more tests and sometimes you might have a, a harder time getting to into specific programs. But it, I, I haven't heard from anyone that's like, oh, if I'm DO, I can't go into orthopedics. I would mm -hmm. recommend to this person, if you look up, like a, I think it's called NMRP, the National Medicine Residency Program or something like that, they have a document called Charting Outcomes in which they have, oh, like, yeah. they, and you can look up, like, each year. I think they just released, like, 2019, like, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and you can look up each specialty, and they give you, a cr like, a wild amount of statistics. They give you how many people apply to each specialty. They break it down by, were you a USMD, a USDO, an international medical graduate, or IMG? So they have, like, how many people applied in those categories to these specific programs. They'll show you like your probability of matching into that program based on 
like a plethora of statistics, like your USMLE step one, step two, the number of like research experiences you have, volunteer experiences. Like I would highly recommend checking out that um, article because it's fact, you know, it's data. It's it's and obviously there are exceptions and things like that. But I think like following the numbers would probably be like. I will say that I looked at that today Mm -hmm. because, you know, why prepare in advance? (laughs) (laughs) But I looked at it today and I found the way it's presented to be in that document to be completely impenetrable um, to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I'm not a statistician. um, I would like to have seen a really direct comparison. between the two that would have been that would have made my job that i failed at easier Mm -hmm. um i know we are given access to texas star that's for md only i think right and but that was how like i could look at different specialties but yeah i think hopefully they'll i mean now that the match is integrated hopefully it helps that they'll start um including do's in that in that data set and i think it comes down to like DO has a different aspect to their education. And if you want to learn about osteopathic medicine, that is something that like as an MD, you don't get like exposure to. So if that is important to you, then like going the DO route is something that you should kind of inquire more about. But if you're like set on, okay, I really want to do this specialty and like the type of education doesn't bother me, then looking more so of the data that, Nathan had brought up. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I, if I remember when I was applying, which was a long time ago, <laughs> so maybe things have changed. But I remember the culture in the DO application process is that they really are looking for people to go into primary care. Yeah, so it could be a bit of a disadvantage actually in DO school if you're like, no, I I really want to specialize. They may not, they may not like that. But that may be different. So well, I you know um, we did get some feedback from uh, other co-hosts. And, uh, you know, for instance, um, Nick Lind uh, said he applied M- to MD and DO schools. And on the interview trail, he heard a lot of um, reservations about the residency merger negatively impacting DO students. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, you know, one faculty member at a DO school um, on interview day tell me to go MD um, if he gets in. Mm. So... I mean that you know that's one data point. I don't even know if it's it's one anecdote, I guess. Oh, the other the other problem right now is that if step one is pass fail, mm, I was about to say that's going to make it might make it a little harder for DO applicants to stand out right. if they do take mm-hmm. step one. Right, and then you're paying for you know a seven eight hundred dollar test to be right. like I passed. So maybe for twenty twenty. It uh, might not be a priority to take step one, if that mm-hmm. was what you were, you were thinking. Um, although you know maybe once uh, you know if step two becomes more important to the residency application process, mm-hmm. um, you know then maybe that will serve that purpose in the future. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like I, I did. I, I mean, I teased out a couple of things. I think. Um, but I will say that the data, the way the da- the way they present the data, made me very angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced that the profession of statistics is just a giant conspiracy theory. Oh, here we go. Designed to scare <laughs> and confuse the rest of us. They're doing a great job at I, it. I, it's successfully. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, it either, I, it was, I couldn't use the raw data to get my answer either because of the way it was presented or because I'm an idiot. Either way, I had reason to be angry. Um, but you know, it's clear that DOs are less represented in specialties than MDs. I mean, that's that that is that is true. Um, you know, uh, there is a, there are a couple of things that the NRMP highlighted as uh, changing for DOs. Um, let's see, we got uh, they they. Um, did better in the integrated match in some specialties than they did in previous years, for instance. So ortho DO seniors filled 13.2% of available physician positions up from 1.7% in 2019. So that's massive. That's a big Yeah, that jump. sounds huge. Diagnostic radiology DO seniors match percentages have increased 77.6% in total from 2016. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, in both and in both specialties, MD rates have been declining at least a little bit. Um, but I think it might be telling that the NRMP chose only those two specialties to highlight mm-hmm. um, as specialty trends when it comes to to DO matches. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the bottom line is go to that document that Nate um, mentioned um, on the NRMP's website. You know, dig into it if you really want to answer the question. Um, but beyond that, I you know, it might be uh, too far down the road. But something I think that you could do as well is um, check out like specific programs and like look at the like PGY one or the first year residency or mm-hmm. residents. Yeah. Um, so like most programs will list like here are our residents and you can see where they went to school, whether they're MD or DO or not. And obviously it's like program specific, but if there are like some you have in mind and you look and you keep consistently seeing that they aren't. Accept it, and you know it might not mean that they aren't accepting DOs, but I think that can be telling. Like you can probably tell if they're more in air quotes friendly sure. to that as well. I wonder if the bigger problem though is that you don't. I mean, unless you know what you want to go into in medical school, mm-hmm. yeah. worrying about this may not be productive. Yeah, I uh, would say you change your mind so many times. Like I, 100%. I went through probably like. I changed my mind probably four or five times and it's just because you have to get exposure to those things. So unless, you know, like you were working in an ortho clinic for the past, you know, five years and you're like, I've been, I've scrubbed in and shadowed and done all this. And like, this is what like fuels the fire in my life and you don't want to pursue anything else. And like, yeah, sure. You can start looking into those things. But you know, like I coming in thought, I was going to go into surgery. I also fell in love with ortho. And then I got into my emergency medicine experience and I was like, nothing else compares to this. And that was like later on in my mm. med school career. Yeah. And so I think it's just like, you should keep an open mind when you come yeah, in and here, try and learn as much. Here as you don't even do an ER rotation until. Until you're done with like core year. You're done with core year. Yeah. So. I mean, I was lucky I had my early clinical experiences in the emergency mm. room, but I also was like baby med student where I was like, I love medicine in general. This is so cool. Not knowing what it was, but I think, yeah, I I, had, I come in and just be like, no, I need to know what surgical experience is going to take me. I would have been so wrong. Hmm. I didn't realize ER wasn't uh, like one of the core clerkships. I wish it was. And I would love to be able to sit down with the school and just be like, this is an experience I think that everyone should have in your core year. But it's also, there's a lot of autonomy that happens on your emergency medicine rotation. And I can't imagine being like 
being in the like, yeah being, being, a, being a baby being, being a, baby a baby and uh, first rotation on and be like here's the emergency room you know no medicine go 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 why why, why is there so much autonomy do you think um it's just there's emergencies going it's, on <laughs> it's 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 a fast-paced environment and they expect you to kind of recognize like this is an emergency i need a, an adult or your adult yeah and yeah, go from there and, yeah and it also requires i mean I, i've heard that you know as you go on you become adept at recognizing who is sick yes just by walking into the room yeah mm-hmm. versus you know who's you know somebody who's uh maybe not feeling well but you know isn't like super sick mm-hmm. and that's an important quality in an er doc yeah yeah that's interesting you know what we think what we think and what something is in reality is such a it's a, it can be so different it can be so different and like what you're talking about, Marissa, is something I hear. I hear a lot of people talk about this on the show of like, well, I, I thought this would be a natural fit. I thought it would be like this. And then I actually went through it and it was completely different. So that's that's something to keep in mind for sure, especially if you're not even in med school yet. Yeah. So it sounds like something that might be more productive is to figure out which philosophy best fits with your yeah with your um, your worldview. And that does require knowing yourself and, and all that kind of stuff. Maybe you know, a little earlier than you might otherwise. But um, if you're really into the like very holistic, you know, whole patient approach that the DO philosophy espouses, then, you know, maybe just go for DO and don't worry about specialties. Like this has to be said that you're never going to be poor or like extremely uncomfortable as a doctor. Like wherever you end up going to med school, you, you will be financially set. You will be you know, you'll have a prestigious job, like, you won't be miserable. And I say that as slowly as I did, because I, you know, I don't know for sure. But I wonder maybe if like the piece of advice, I like to slow down. when I <laughs> The speed with which I speak uh, is directly related to my <laughs> confidence in things. Like um, but you know, I wonder if the, maybe this person should like sit down and look at all, like if, if they're in, Maybe look at all like the mission statements of each school and see which one gels the most with them. Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask, at what stage is this person? Don't know. Okay. I mean, I'm, it. Because they, like, they must be approaching the time mm-hmm. um, for this to you know even start to come up. I would think. But well, they probably have they have schools. Schools probably haven't even started interviews. Not no. not MD. Not our school. They will right. soon. But yeah. but they've probably submitted their applications <laughs> at this point. That's true. So if you've applied to both but honestly i think it comes down to like finding your people yeah it's like if you applied to both it doesn't mean that you like if you applied to do and md and you decide i only want to go to md then accept an md spot if you are so lucky to get it and the same where it's like no i only want to go do then accept that spot like find the school that fits for you yeah, let the interviews dictate what you end up doing. It, mm-hmm. You know, MDDO doesn't matter so much as like the culture. Yeah. I agree completely. Like what community do you want to be a part of, actually? And something that we had like kicked around is like the philosophy of like treating a patient with like holistic. I think like, yes, DO is like they profess that, but you're not going to like not get that education at an MD school. Yeah. Like just because, you know, here at Cover an MD school, it's not like, oh, we only use drugs and we don't talk about like any other aspect of medicine. Like you're going to essentially learn the same kind of like material. Yeah. You're still mm-hmm. going to learn about social determinants of health and like all of those like and, and, outside kind of things too. Yeah. And also if you're really into the MD philosophy or if you're really into the DO philosophy, you can keep that 
mm-hmm. you know, like it's not like you have it surgically removed upon entry into medical school. Um, you know, just make just you know resolve to make it a part of how you practice medicine um, when the time comes. Mm-hmm. Such a big question for someone who's so like so many years away from making that decision. Yeah. But I get it. I mean, I had the same questions when I was applying too. So, well, there's a lot of questions, right? Well, good luck to yeah. Shivam. Shivam. Good luck. Let us know what you decide. I'd love to know, um, uh, you know, what you, what, you know, how you eventually did make your decision. If, if, um, if it was according to something we said, or if you came up with a different reason, um, love to hear from you. You can uh, write to us at the shortcoats at gmail.com. Maybe we'll have you on the show to talk about it. Trump's like, I'm totally not writing in to that show. <laughs> anymore <laughs> Dave is so needy he's like wants me to be on the show and everything Did you have to compliment him <laughs> his appearance yeah, yeah his I gotta polos. have rules it'll be like the Ellen DeGeneres show of podcasts <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. don't look at Dave Ouch. Is it? Pretend. Oh, I missed something. Oh my God. You, how did you miss this? I missed something is happening here that I am not. Do we not like Ellen now? No, no. Ellen is Ellen is like canceled yeah. practically. Is she, is she canceled? Really? What happened? I don't think so, they, they haven't like canceled her no, show no, no. officially, but. Canceled. She's been canceled in the vernacular yeah. of, of the youth. Yeah. Do you want to really? do, do, do you want to review this topic for Aline uh, Sahana? Um, I'm not like too sure. I just think, I think it's something to do with like, she doesn't treat her employees well and she like yells and she's kind of like okay. really mean basically. Mm. Here's how, here's, here's what I've read. Do you want to, do you want to no, do no, it? No, no, you can okay, do it. Here's what I've read. Um, and I've read a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you live on the internet. <laughs> I don't know why. Teach us about Ellen. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, she, Ellen has made a brand of her, of, of nice, you know, she is the nice, uh, talk show host, right? Yeah. Everything is all nice. She's like positive, fun, cute, you know, dancing and shit. All right. But a Buzzfeed article earlier this year, um, uh, highlighted some of the concerns of some of her employees who were, um, harassed, sexually harassed, um, uh, made to feel unwelcome, not by her, but by the executive producers on the show. And then guests started to come out and saying that there was some weirdness. Like they were told, don't look at Ellen. Don't talk to Ellen. Um, Which thing- is weird because isn't the point of the show to talk to yeah. her? Yeah. yeah like, like Speak if you, when spoken to. If you see her, if you see, if you're in the green room or whatever, if you, if you yeah. see her in the hallway, don't look at her. Yeah, that was what they were telling that's people. Common. Fame does weird things to people, I feel. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, like. And, and it wasn't just, you know, like one or two people. It was, it was you know, quite a few people. Um, yeah. There have been others who have come out and in, in support of her, um, saying that that wasn't true in their experience. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, I can see, I can see wanting to, like, be on for the show. Because, like, sometimes, and obviously this is, like, a way smaller example of this. But, like, you know, Dave invites everyone to, like, show up a few minutes early so we can, like, get in the mood to chat and things like that. And then sometimes we end up saying stuff that's, like, if only we were recording, like that right. would have been great. Right. Maybe she's see... saving it up for the show is what exactly. you're saying. Like kind of, yeah, like 
and you know celebrities have these weird things like i know steve harvey doesn't like people talking to him without gum can't stand bad breath so like <laughs> he will lose it he's like he's a he's a comedian he will lose it if you come up to him and have bad breath so mm. Yeah, and like when you're you that... You must love the face shield era. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the best part of my day is after I've eaten a hamburger and, just like, and mm. put on my put on my shield. It's like eating it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's but that's crazy. It's interesting how like a person does not represent their staff. And like a, it sounds well, this, like yeah. she's not a bad person, but like she well, is the leader. Yeah, and that's the that was the uh that was the nature of her apology, basically. Like, I should have been more on top of what was happening in my organization. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. Maybe she's not canceled. I don't know if, she, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's fair to say that she's, uh, that, that she's canceled, canceled. She's had, she's, she's, had a, yeah, she's had a string of like negative articles. Yeah, yeah. She's on people's, and, yeah, she's in doghouse a little bit. Yeah. I think, I think those, Executive producers have been fired, and you know whatever is that a scapegoat? Who knows? It'll be interesting. Yeah, there were like three. That It'll be they... interesting for me to find out <laughs> um, in the next negative. clickbait article that I immediately succumb to because I have no <laughs> self control when it comes to clickbait. Yeah. There you go. You know it. It cannot be. It cannot be underestimated though. She single handedly made it okay to be gay in Hollywood. She Isn't that interesting? Did. Isn't she, that interesting? She's a pioneer. Yeah. And she, I mean, I, I remember being a kid watching her show and I remember when she came out and I, she was proper canceled. Like before oh, the, yeah. the mm-hmm. word for canceled, she was blacklisted. Yeah. And she didn't work, I think for several Many years. Many years. Yeah. And then she, somehow she came back, uh, um, to do the Ellen DeGeneres show, which I think was a complete surprise to, um, yeah. quite a few people, which makes it all the more difficult to understand why this is current uh, why this is currently a situation for her you know like how did yeah. this how did it, you know if she is at fault how did this come about um yeah. leadership's tough man you know you gotta you gotta walk the walk yeah it's a it's about the culture and she seems like the kind of person who would send a clear message of like hey if you have a problem you know come to me well that's her brand yeah exactly but you know saying that and doing that are different things and yeah. so, and she is, I mean, she is pretty famous now. Like the last thing I heard, and obviously this is so not related to medicine, but it's very interesting. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you, I don't know why you decided right now. Yeah. Yeah. we talking about Ellen for five minutes. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, the last thing I had heard is that she was seen at a basketball game, like being really like chummy chummy with George Bush Jr., Oh yeah, 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 and like people were like, "Hey, uh, he, we don't like him." <laughs> like, did yeah. you not know? And she's like, "He's a human being. We're two people at a game. You know, despite everything he's done, I'm still going to be polite and courteous." Um, and that was the last thing I heard. And I was like, "Is she canceled because of that? Because that's that's yeah. a little harsh." But yeah, it was yeah, more complicated than that. I mean, that's been something that's been talked about over the years. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Have you seen like the memes that are like? Like a wolf in sheep's clothing, like a Ellen mm-hmm. DeGeneres and Ellen Page clothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, pretty memes. funny. I love memes. They are a modern art form. There's also a certain amount of like dissecting guest appearances on her show to like look at how Dakota Johnson. Yes, yeah, you're talking about the Dakota about, Johnson. Yeah, to sort of decode what's happening in light of this new information mm-hmm. and, and trying to, you know. I have to Google this immediately. Trying to see yeah, like. Same. <laughs> like how it fits in with this new narrative around 
uh, Ellen DeGeneres. I, I don't know. I have been spending my time on the internet the wrong way. Because yeah. I don't would know you, about really, any of that. Would you stop doing research and start clicking bait? <laughs> Obviously. Please. I mean, I'm on Reddit, and like Reddit's a pretty, you know, pretty plugged in. So like, am I, am I getting, the, is, it, is this what getting old feels like? <laughs> Not knowing where to find all the Twitter. I think like t- more like pop culture type of things like Twitter would be. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. Tweet. It's all about the algorithm. Okay. It's all about what's getting put in your, you know, Google News feed. So true. You are potentially Google News feed. Yeah. Okay. Now we're gonna cancel Dave for using Google News. <laughs> I didn't even know Google had a news feed. What? News.google.com. That's where I get all my news. Mostly, except for what I get on Facebook. I was just about to say, Facebook. <laughs> the most accurate of news. Yeah. MySpace. That's where I'm at. I wonder how Tom is doing. Tom from MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to invite our listeners, you listeners, to go ahead and share the show often with those you think will enjoy and benefit from it. And if you send a screenshot of that share to the shortcodes at gmail.com, I will send you a free SCP sticker that I designed. It's been touched by my hands. Kissed by my lips. Kissed by my design uh, lips. Maybe you wipe it down with a Clorox right before when you get it. <laughs> his, his trimmed mustache. Yes. And as a special challenge, if you post a selfie on Instagram of you and your sticker and tag the short code, I will send you a different sticker. A whole nother sticker for free again. You get me? Is there right. shipping and handling involved? No shipping. No handling. <laughs> Pop in an envelope. Gone. To your house. So, uh, yeah. Again. Selfie on Instagram of you and tag the short code. We have an Instagram. You could go to Instagram and look us up. I will send you a different sticker, okay? But the listeners need to know, are you like for like? Are you follow for follow? Um, you know, uh, I, I do follow often people who, but I, I, there's a lot of people who have private accounts and I'm like, you know what, if it's private, I don't think I'm gonna follow that account just because it's private for a reason. They don't want Dave snooping around in their, <laughs> in their private feed. Mm-hmm. Who knows what sexy pics are in there? <laughs> you know? I could get in trouble. Some medkini. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that would be great if you would do that. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, you guys, how do you psych yourself up when you're nervous about something? What do, you, do, you, do, you have a, do you have a routine? Do you have a... You know, when you're coming on the short code podcast, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to say something dumb today. Like, you know, oh, I, I know just, I know it's a high pressure situation. I just thought in general, how do we hype ourselves up? No, because no, no. I like make specific playlists for certain rotations. Bingo. Oh, yeah. So Music. tell me, tell me more. What, what, <laughs> what would be your, uh, um, I'm going to try to pick one. What would be your surgery playlist? So think? I was on colorectal. And so I had songs that related to the butt. <laughs> <laughs> I like big butts and I can't. Uh, that was also on there, yes. Um, just because I needed a laugh because I looked at butts every single day for three weeks and yeah. that it was just a lot of crap. And I mean literally. that literally, literal <laughs> crap. Um, and then I had, when I was on Ortho, I had a Bones playlist. So I was, I was pretty proud of that one. That's Any good. Bone Thugs in Harmony? I don't think so. It was more so like I had Fractures was on there. That's like a good like EDM, like hype up song. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, Maren Morris has a good one called I, that, Bones. I had that on there too. It wasn't as 
good for the hype up just because it was a little more chill. Mm. I needed something where I was like, I'm going to like use a bone saw today. Nice. Yeah, but, um, bone Thugs and Harmony would do that. It's uh, what did you say? Bone Thugs and Harmony. Oh, the band. I heard. Where? I heard. I heard. Bone Thugs and Harmony. You can tell she's confident. Yeah, she's yes. confident about Bone Thugs well, and Harmony. If you've heard the music, if you would agree that I am speaking the way that they rap. So okay. Then, All right. Yeah. No, it's uh, very hypey for me. Anyway, but I love that idea. That's fantastic. I just kind of like white knuckle and like internally panic and scream and then just like <laughs> valid. Enter. Yeah, that's my that's ML, valid. Yeah. Completely valid. Like I squeeze your knuckles and <laughs> yeah. sweat it out. Sahana, what about you? Um, I kind of just like tell myself like it doesn't matter. Like I don't care about this. It doesn't matter. Like if it goes south, grand scheme of things, it'll be fine. Like try to like talk myself down. That's All right. Important. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally valid. I mean, there's that. The, the the self, you know, like as a catastrophizer, I am, I would be more likely to be like, well, this is going to go badly. <laughs> this um, ice cream's not going to be good. Yeah. This, <laughs> no, it's not. This ice cream this is not going to be good. No, 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 no. I don't think you understand. That's not what catastrophizing is. Catastrophizing is this ice cream is going to make my body die. <laughs> <laughs> And you're just pleasantly surprised every moment. Exactly. And you're like, oh, well, that wasn't so bad. (laughs) Yeah, that's the upside. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's like an inoculation against... um, Disappointment. Disappointment. So you just set the bar on right. the ground, on the and ground. then everything's fine after that. The problem yeah. is, is that you know your your blood pressure goes right through the roof, like you know at the slightest yeah. provocation. Like yeah. you know, like I get an email from a dean that's like, "Hey, will you come see me?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm, it's yeah. over. <laughs> Pack my things. <laughs> Had a good run. <laughs> Eighteen years in medical education. Done. Down the drain." <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, I have a suggestion. Um, have you considered pretending to be someone else? Hmm. You thought of this? So the B- I was reading an article in the BBC's work life section that talked about this topic. Basically, the idea is you create an alter ego that has the qualities you need to get the job done. Um, hmm. And there's plenty of evidence that this works by a process called self-distancing. That is, if you separate your idea of self from the job that needs doing you can do it more successfully because you're able to view the situation more dispassionately. Mm-hmm. Beyonce had an alter ego called Sasha Fierce. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, in, in, I think in 2010, she decided that she didn't need it anymore, but she did talk about it with Oprah. Um, Adele uh, was inspired by Sasha Fierce, so she created Sasha Carter for herself, uh, a combination of Beyonce's alter ego qualities and country music star June Carter. Mm. Um, Less famously, uh, Garth Brooks, Chris Gaines. That is for the over 30 crowd that listens (laughs) to this show. Do do you remember that? Uh, No. Yeah, Garth Brooks. um, His alter ego was Chris Baines. Chris Gaines. Gaines. Have you watched his documentaries that he's made? There's like, I've heard, so sometimes I listen to Your Mom's House, which has Tom Segura, and they talk about the (laughs) Garth Brooks documentary in detail. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. He he was a super famous, like, country star, I think for like... 20 years. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was a big deal. Yeah. And uh, he came out with an album, I think, in like the early 2000s, like titled Chris Gaines. And that was his like hard rock, like alter ego. I think he was trying to move into the hard rock genre. 
but it didn't quite work. But I mean, he's still very famous and he's still very successful, but it doesn't always work. Is one well, I mean, yeah, this is, but I think this is also what writers do, um, you know, when they, when they create um, pen names. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, even Stephen King. I think he has Slim Shady. Yeah. Slim Shady. That's the first one I thought of. Uh, Stephen King uh, had a, a, a pen name, uh, Richard Bachman, I remember back in the, in the 80s when I was a huge Stephen King fan. Um, and I don't know that that's the reason why he created this alter ego, but, you know. Um, but, you know, this sort of gets at this, at this idea of confidence in situations where you're not confident. So uh, maybe we can consider for a moment what alter egos uh, you should create in these situations. Mm, can, we, can we get like a situation? Because I feel like I would choose a different alter ego. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm about yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Like... I mean, Beyonce's alter ego, Sasha Fierce, you know, she created, I think, primarily for onstage performance and for, yeah. All right. Well. Let's think about your first clerkship, whatever that may be. Ooh, okay. What alter Ooh. ego? Um, I would choose... Listeners can't see it, but I sharpened my gaze. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> the, the heat intensified. Um, here we go. Here I am, like, white-knuckling it, sweating it out. Yeah, because you're like, the one who's like, I'm gonna, I'm, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to clench my fists. I'm going to internally panic. Um, here We're we go. We're testing you in real time. <laughs> how does it, How does Nathan <laughs> work under pressure? Um, I would choose, I guess, like in context of medicine, like yeah, somebody from like Grey's Anatomy. Okay, <laughs> I think like, he's the most competent character in Grey's Anatomy. No, I you don't think I would choose competent. I think I would choose like no, confident. Oh, confident. No, no, no. I said competent. competent but yeah, I don't think Sorry, I would choose competent. I think like I really want to channel like Izzy Stevens, like early, maybe not like cutting Elvad wire, falling in say. love with like <laughs> patients type of things, but I think like really channeling the like emotional connection that you can like form with patients and like the compassion that you can show like even when you're exhausted and tired and whatnot like kind of like you said stepping out of yourself and whatnot i think i would like channel channel that expect to see nathan in the parking lot in like january resuscitating a deer <laughs> seriously yeah <laughs> and then doing burr holes after a boat accident <laughs> Is that from the show? I don't like being left out. Yeah, this like this like little girl comes out and she's like, "Can you help? Like help, help!" And she like runs out and like steals medical supplies to help a deer. Nice. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, all right. I'll watch it now. Because what about that. you, Aline? Someday you're gonna have to present your. Uh, you're gonna have to do your comps. Not your comps. That's the test. You're gonna have to do your uh, def thesis defense. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which means going into a room uh, with a bunch of uh, cranky, <laughs> cranky uh, P, uh, academics. Uh, academics and prove your worth. Yeah. Sahana, you too. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think I do a lot like uh, what Sahana does. I, I like to play the worst case scenario game. And in doing that, I'm like, oh, nothing truly bad can happen. Maybe people will walk out of this meeting being like, Aline is not as smart as we were told, and we are very disappointed. But like the worst case scenario, I always, I, and th maybe this isn't so good that I do this, but my first thought is always like, what are they going to do? Kick me out? Yeah, right. All right. 
right? They're never. You're. This is a job they can't fire you from. And in general, and I'm, you know, I'm talking about MSDB, but also med students. It costs so much money to train med students that you have to do something truly egregious to get fired, quote unquote. So just don't cheat on your tests. You can do anything else. Don't cheat on tests. Oh, big wrench in that. Did y'all see the Minnesota medical student who defaced? Oh. I'm seeing a bunch of Blake stares. Okay, no, so, oh, no, no, I didn't. Uh, so there was a medical student from Minnesota who got caught defacing the George Floyd Memorial Ooh. Memorial up in Minneapolis. Why would and you then, do that? Yeah, y'all will have to like look into this. I can't like quote all of like the facts from the case. Um, in an interview, the person had said that they got drunk by themselves and like during quarantine they live alone and like things had boiled up and that uh, he didn't know what he was doing. I don't know. I think there's like a lot of layers to you like leaving your apartment with like the intention with like paint. Seems like a lot to... of ethical like a crossroads where yeah. he chose the wrong. Oh, yeah. right. Like that's not like an accident. But there's also bigger issues than than just that action, you know, there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Hmm. Um, how did we get here? Oh, just talking about getting like fired from oh. like, being a medical student. Like, so, this is not where oh, I intended this conversation. There we go. I didn't like wrap it up, but Mi- so Minnesota had put out a statement, or the Minnesota School of Medicine had put out a statement, like we condemn racism and like all of this, et cetera. We're committed to anti-racism, et cetera. And then instead of, and I don't know what like the proper course is. I'm not a dean, but like they didn't expel the student. They just said that he is no longer enrolled, which is the like bureaucratic way of saying like suspended essentially mm-hmm. but yeah. so what does that mean like he'll just come back next I, year? they haven't like explicitly stated it um so i'm not sure what is like what hmm. this med student's fate is but can i oh, so you really can't get fired from school I mean, there's yeah. literally nothing you can yeah. do so to play the devil's advocate here my you know my thought as we were talking about this is like what an opportunity to take this person and like really properly explore where this came from and, you know, help kind of, I don't know, rehabilitate them and, and make them into a real ally and an advocate for this community. Because imagine how much this person has to prove after a mistake like that. They would be a real voice for the movement. Well, I think... Um... But does the movement want them? Well, that's like, a different question, isn't it? You cannot be forced upon them. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I mean, if you think of the movement as this, like, amorphous organization, you know, kind yeah. of, there's no official membership. But, you know, I don't know. I'll, Dave looks like he has something to say. Uh, just that um, there's a problem there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like and, a bigger problem. Right. There's a, there's a problem there, and I would... You know, I would be surprised. Well, I don't know. I would be surprised. You know, if that happened here, you know, absolutely there would be consequences. Mm -hmm. They would have to certainly jump through a lot of hoops and prove that they were a changed person. Like, do you know if the person who did it themselves has, like, put out a statement? Um, I think they did in the interview. I don't remember exactly. Um, like, were they remorseful? What, yeah, I don't. Y'all should look this up and don't just, like, trust exactly, like, what I'm saying as the Fair person. Sure. But, yeah, they mm-hmm. did apologize, and I don't remember exactly, like, what that all entailed. But I think interesting, like, the way that I, like, found this article was that it was, like, put in the lens of people saying, like, this is like the type of like racism that like implicit bias trainings like aren't going to fix. 
all this implicit bias training, but then when this kid is allegedly drunk, his first like implicit like action that he wants to do or she, I don't know if it was a man or woman, um, like is to deface this memorial. So I'm, like, is that someone that we really want to be a future doctor, especially yeah. in like a city like Minneapolis? Like, I'm feeling a yeah. I mean, of all the places, like Ground Zero of all of this, oh, you know, dead at, maybe this is gonna. It's, it's like there were like confirmed reports that this student was rotating in emergency medicine in the hospital that George Floyd was like pronounced dead in. In this, like, I'm getting like chills. Like, I, ugh, ew, ew, ew. I do think that they will. Like, they need help in some yeah. form or fashion, and it would be like addressing why were you alone drinking in your apartment. Like, is anyone addressing those concerns? Like, what brought you to that point? What, And then to the point of how are your feelings with actually going to the steps of defacing? You say you don't remember, but like, what were you going through in your life that brought you to that? And how can we address that? Literally, my first question was like, hey, are you okay? (laughs) Are you, do you you need to talk? There's something wrong. There's something going on here. But yeah, you're not wrong. But this is the problem I have with cancel culture. Like, we're not... We're not giving people the opportunity to recognize the thing that they did, recognize the impact, and then redeem themselves. And like you'd be, um, I which have, is interesting because you know, like our, um, you know, uh, Americans love a comeback story, right? Um, it has to be genuine. Like th- this is the important piece. Like it has to be real. And it does, authentic. but I, I think yeah. I, I think that in past eras, uh, genuine meant something else. Sure, sure, sure. You know, like now I'm not really sure what genuine means because you have all these, you know, like it's, it's harder to tell yeah. what genuine means now because, you know, if you, if you, if you're like, I'm, yeah, I mean, but I get it. Like if you're like, I'm sorry, I got caught. Yeah. Which I don't know how that's, I don't know why that's, it's so hard to resist saying, you know, I'm basically, I'm sorry you were offended. Oh, I'm sorry if I'm is sorry if trigger for me. Right. I, the second someone says, I'm sorry if my actions. No, there's no if. If implies ambiguity. Right. It's I'm sorry that yeah. I'm sorry that my actions hurt your feelings. Like you don't get to decide whether or not the person was hurt by your actions. Right. But it's impossible to tell how sincere a person is. Yeah. I don't know. I agree with the sentiment that like cancel culture probably right now is like too strong. Um, but I think also like, and I don't know what like the technical name of like the fallacy in this argument is of like redistribute or is it redistributive justice of like allowing people to like redeem themselves oh, of like, yeah. I'm going to put like an argument, you know, for like example, like the police officers that, you know, killed George Floyd. Yeah, like, how do you make up like, for that? That's not, so I think people can redeem themselves from mistakes like people like make mistakes um and that i think you can like redeem yourself from or should have that opportunity to um but when there are like like we're talking about multiple layers of like act like this was like a choice this was an action this was not like an oops like yeah i made a mistake in the or that like could have been prevented um it feels a little premeditated and that's yeah. an important piece yeah, yeah. and and also the yeah, issue with like not like a pol- like the opposite of cancel culture, like apologizing for them is like who mm. gets to decide that he like or this person like felt genuinely sorry because like the community that he's like offending is probably not the community that is 
sitting in the medical school committee being like, yeah, we're not going to expel you. We're just going to suspend you and you can do all this stuff. But like, unless he makes like an actual effort with the community in that, like, does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, unless he does something restorative with that community, like how can he just apologizing to the school? Like they shouldn't be the people who decide like whether he's, like repaired his actions or not. Yeah, and, and I think the fact of the matter is that you know, you can you can redeem yourself only so far in so many situations. So, you know, for instance, the officers who played a part in killing George Floyd, there's no there's there's not much re- room for redemption there. Um as you pointed out. But, you know, if if you it, you know, if you're genuinely if, if you general, genuinely regret your actions and change and um, put in the work to be genuine about it and all that kind of stuff, um, and you haven't done irreparable harm to a person or a community or whatever, you know, then, okay, maybe, maybe redemption is possible. So, you know, I, like, you, like you tried to point out, I, yeah. uh, Nathan, I, I guess you're right. There's, there's not redemption for everybody. Except if you I would believe, argue except, this is the type of person who might go on to do repar- irreparable harm. Yeah, like they're just yeah. going to perpetuate like the health disparities we have, and like Correct. who's to say that he's going to give adequate health care to f- future black patients that he sees in the hospital if he yeah. has like such a strong, not even implicit, it's explicit bias at this point. There should be consequences, yeah. is what you're saying. You know, like you can't just yeah. Get off, I don't. You know. I don't think if someone is so egregiously like committing. I'm going to say like racist acts because I don't like like racial, but like why, when we talk about it so much, like in healthcare, like why, why do we think that person will continue to make a good physician in the future? I think what, I think what you're saying is like, we can't just talk the talk. We have to walk the walk. And yeah, exactly. There has to be like consequences because yeah. like, what if this was, what if this was like a black medical student who did, I don't know, whatever the equivalent would be. Like, do you think they would get off the hook so easily? Like, that they would just be suspended for a semester or something? I don't know. I don't know if they would be. Yeah. Something that worries me about, like, uh, for sure something should be done. For sure some some type of consequence, some type of, like, rehab. Like, rehabilitation is the word they keep thinking of. Because I I think of racism as, like, a mental illness. And you're going to hear about that, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) As a mentally ill person, send your comments to Aline.Sanduke. Yeah, yeah, just uh, just set up a forwarding service. (laughs) I mean, I really do see racism and sexism. It's a it's a pathology of the mind, and you know there should be a form of punishment, but. Maybe not just like casting this person off because like this person. So the way I see it and let me know if I'm talking too much about this, but I think about this a lot because, you know, this is starting to happen more and more. We're starting to see like very like when we talk about microaggressions, implicit bias, this person is unformed. You know, they are undifferentiated. They have the potential to either become, you know, another soldier in the movement, you know, trying to make society better or if like if we don't handle this the right way we could turn this person into a legit nazi like if we you know destroy this person's life with no thought to like their well-being or their growth from this we could drive that person further underground into the communities that actually 
objectively want to just destroy society and destroy certain parts of society. Hmm. So, because what they're going to see is, they're not going to see that they did a wrong thing. They're going to say, oh, society's so unfair and I've been mistreated. And then they're going to go find other people who feel that way. Mm. People like incels. Mm -hmm. And they're going to identify with those people. That's what I think. I suppose. I mean, that, that that would be a risk. Um, I'm not saying there shouldn't be punishment for yeah. sure, but rehabilitation and, you know, recognizing that you have an opportunity to make this person into an, like just another fighter for this important movement. Because in that moment, what, what crime comes from is people prioritizing their needs over the needs of another person. And what this person didn't realize, like all this person saw is like, I'm angry, I'm alone, I'm just assuming, I'm angry, I'm alone, I'm drunk, and I want to fight back somehow. And maybe they chose that memorial, maybe it just so happened to be there, who knows. But what a golden opportunity to take this person and say, hey, don't you see what's happening here? Have you not been paying attention? Look at all these stories, look at all these people and how much they're hurting. And you added to their hurt. Isn't doesn't that mean anything to you? Don't you, don't you, do you want to be that person or do you want to be a different person? And odds are, I guarantee nine times out of 10, if you, if you give that person the opportunity to be like, no, I want to be different, they will be different. You think? Uh, I think so. I think it, I mean, like I agree with you as well, where I kind of see it where as society, we need to like act as parents. Like it's our job to like teach individuals when you make a mistake or you've done something wrong that there are consequences. But like my parents explained to me when I did something wrong, I was still punished, but I was also sat down to be like, this is why we don't do those things. Because I've seen other kids who've just been punished and then they don't understand why they're punished. And then they act out more or other consequences just kind of snowball. But if you explain to a child where it's like, we don't do this. Like, no, like if you were mm-hmm. a kid and you went to touch a hot stove, you got yelled at and your hand was thrown away and you were scared. But then your parents would sit you down and be like, we don't touch hot things because that will hurt you. And then you'd be like, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Hmm. I, I think in the I also agree with everything that has been said. I think like an interesting like point that was thrown out, like in these discussions that I was reading was like in the context of like meta- medicine, medical school um, and like the harm that we like have as providers or that we like can perpetuate as providers is like medical school is really hard to get into and there are presumably a ton of people who like don't aren't racist or don't have these feelings would like mm. inherently genuinely be anti-racist like from the get-go they'd and, be like, better physicians yeah than this person who you know rehab or not has already proven that on some level they're not up to the challenge of, you know, the, of empathy, of um, an understanding of the society in which he or she lives, and the um, and and it would be hard for that person to understand things like, um, you know, beyond to understand beyond the even the intellectual level, but at a gut level, health disparities. Um, racism, all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah, like when push comes to shove, like when you're challenged, this is the route that you took and like medicine's going to be hard and you're going to have other like stressful situations yeah. and like we just don't have yeah. time, we don't have room anymore for people like this. Like, And that's a really hot no, take. No, we but, don't. Like, 
people are dying. People are literally dying because I think of you're things right. like this. I, and it's I think scary to put someone like that in a future position of power. Like it would be different if maybe they were a medical student. Yes. I think they should still get like a, there should be some sort of restorative actions as well. But I think mm-hmm. the fact that they are primed for a future position of power where they will like hold the lives of people of color in their hands, like that scares me. That's significant. Yeah, that is that's a very important point. Like the contrast between someone who, like maybe with the re- rehabilitation would, would but would still have to expend the effort to overcome kind of these subconscious beliefs as opposed to someone who just doesn't have them at all. Yeah, that, that's a very good point. Yeah. Well, that went to a place where I was not prepared for today. <laughs> if uh, our, if our listeners feel like uh, we missed a point or um, we didn't do a good enough job at talking about this, um, you know, try to remember that we're processing this just like you are and sort of in real time and uh, without um, a complete understanding of everything that happened. Um, and uh, and we would welcome your emails uh, about that. Send it to again, send it to Aline. Sandu. Yep, oh, send it all to me and I will put it in the uh... Don't send it to Aline. <laughs> all right, send it to me. I can take it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to make a bad joke. I was going to be like, I'm going to put it in the folder that I dedicate for this called The Trash. <laughs> <laughs> That is our show. Abby, Marissa, Nathan, Sahana. Thank you for being my co-host today. That's not Abby, dude. I'm That's Marissa. Marissa. You said Marissa. Yeah, you, you said didn't say Marissa. your name. Yeah, you said Abby instead of Aline. Aline. Oh, I'm not Abby, dude. Don't you? We've known each other for years. <laughs> Let me How- try that again. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about what's on the paper. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. It's Blame all about what's on the Blame paper. Blame the script, which you wrote. <laughs> no, he's trying this new thing where he's not trying to overwrite. That's um, right. I just yeah, copied yeah, yeah. this from last week's show, which Abby was on. She was. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Aline, Marissa, Nathan, Sahana, thank you for being my co-host today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Always a pleasure. Thank you. What kind of idiot would I be? (laughs) The kind of idiot that I am. Uh, If I didn't thank you, Shortcoats, for making us part of your week. If you're new here and you like what you heard today, subscribe to our show on whatever platform you like, wherever fine podcasts are available. I remind you that your questions are vital to the show because they mean it can be what you want it to be about. Send questions and comments to the shortcoats at gmail.com. You can leave a message at 347-SHORT-CT. We'll talk about it on the show. While your podcast app is open, we hope you'll be the kind of listener that we're always grateful for. Please leave us a review and some stars to let us know if this podcasting thing is working out for us. Thank you. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. Talk to you in one week.